Now, where did I put it? Hmm. Ah, here it is. Welcome to the Toolbox. Tools for life and everything in between. Stuff you can use or toss, it's up to you. Howdy y'all, Chance Bros here bringing you episode 12 of Tools for the Toolbox. I am very excited to bring you my next guest, but uh, as per usual, I'm going to let him introduce himself. So who are you and what is your military background? <laughs> Who's your daddy and what does he do? <laughs> uh, hey, well, Chance, I really appreciate you uh, having me on the show, man. Um, yeah, so Dave Morrow and... Uh, I, uh, I'm an online coach. I, uh, I created the hard to kill training programs for, uh, war fighters and members of the, um, law enforcement community. So I guess we, uh, we stumbled upon each other because I was just talking about this to my wife. We kind of have this growing network of vetpreneurs and with, you know, we all have kind of like-minded interests. Um, so there's, there's you and, um, you know, there's obviously Carl McPhee, uh, Ian Hall, uh, Corey Hat, like the the list kind of keeps on getting bigger and bigger, and I keep on getting introduced to new awesome dudes like yourself. So, um, yeah, so I, I consider myself an entrepreneur, uh, but I'm a social butterfly, man. Like uh, this is kind of what got me into the whole entrepreneur game. I was stuck in a classroom. So, do, do you want my backstory now, or do you do you want me to ramble? Because I can turn this like long story into an even longer story if you want me to. Well, I mean, you do you, man. We'll let you uh, let you decide. <laughs> okay. Well, th- see, that's the problem when you you have another podcaster on your show, right? Like, it just yeah. It, yeah. it might get out of control. It might get out of control. <laughs> so, okay. So I'll I'll try to keep it as I'll try to keep it as tight as possible. So, yeah, I uh, I saw I was obviously you know in the forces for um, for a while, roughly fifteen years uh, as a reservist in Montreal. And I deployed on uh, 310 to Afghanistan. So the last uh, the last mission actually with the Van Dues. Um, and, uh, you know, after that, I came home and I was already a, I was a high school science teacher by trade. So I just kind of fell back into that. So that's why I mentioned, you know, I was in, I was in a classroom, I was stuck in a classroom. And that's literally how I felt. Like, I, I guess I just accepted that, you know, this was my lot in life and, uh, you know, jumping off of the skids of like helicopters and like doing dismounted patrols was like a thing of the past. Like you're not cool anymore. You can talk about it with your 13 year old students and they can be like, wow, is that like call of duty? And say like, yep, exactly. Like call of duty. And that's it. Like I had my glory days. Um, but, uh, that it just wasn't a good fit, man. Like, uh, you can, you can, you can stuff somebody in the classroom, I guess, for a certain amount of period of time. But, um, if they don't, and then like any job, I guess, if, if you're not, if you don't fit, the, the the type of job and the type of personality that's required for that job you're never really gonna you know either like have a breakdown or just figure something else out and that's what i did so i was always in the training game i was always a coach i was a football coach um, basketball coach track and field coach uh, i did personal training on the side too it was kind of a side hustle um you know, i was training guys at my unit and just to kind of get a little bit fitter and i wasn't really taking it seriously but i really enjoyed it and i was always into fitness and i was always into training and so that's kind of how I stumbled into this, man. Um, I, like, it wasn't like I, I had this master plan and I was like, okay, I'm going to start this awesome business and it's going to be a lifestyle business. And no, it was really just like one, 
one guy from my unit, he called me up one day. He's like, Dave, I really want you to train me to uh, get ready for selection. I was like, but I've never done selection. I don't know what I'm doing. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, you're a good trainer and I like you. Like, let's make it happen. So like, that's kind of where it got started, man. And, um, you know, that was, that was like three years ago. And uh, so now I'm at where I'm at because I actually started taking it seriously. I left my teaching job and um, I just went all in on um, the online training world and left the whole face-to-face training world uh, by the wayside because I saw the uh, the opportunity in the online space was a little bit more lucrative and a little bit better suited to my personality. So that's why, um, yeah, my company now, and that's why I train, um, you know, veterans and members of the, uh, you know, mostly members of the, the Canadian Armed Forces, but, you know, also other members in the States and, and, and in Europe as well. So that's it in a nutshell, man. You know, I've always said that there is a, um, there's a line between when you re- you can enjoy your job or you can love your job. But what really changes the fact is those days that, because every job has them, there's days you wake up and you're like, I just, I don't want to do this today. I don't want to do this anymore. And then you get there and you're like, oh yeah, okay, now I know why I love doing this job. And usually for me, uh, it was when I was doing explosive work, when we were like, explosives were my forte when I was in. And anytime the C4 came out, the biggest smile on my face, <laughs> it was just like, yeah. But I couldn't get up to the rest of the work going, oh, yeah, sweet, let's do this. I was just like, ah, okay, another day, another day, another day. Until I started instructing. And that was uh, when I went to Meaford as an instructor, I got there. And every day I'd wake up and I'd just be like, oh, God, I got to put this uniform on again. And then I'd show up to teach my first class and I'd be like, yeah, all right, let's do this. <laughs> just dive in, right? Uh, but it, it's, it's find those things. It's so hard for a lot of people. To, to really find that thing that you love and then not only just find it but dive into it that is extremely hard how long have you been doing personal training as a uh how long has this been my main gig yeah um november 2018 is really when i made that hard decision and i i know it was, it was november 2018 because uh i had to <laughs> had to tell my wife that uh yeah look honey I'm no longer going to be uh, working at this new job. I was I was working in the tech field uh, for um, a few months. That was a poor fit too. Like I was kind of all over the place. Uh, I left my teaching job. I took this tech job. It was even worse fit, but I did learn a lot about you know just I guess uh, software that I was able to incorporate in my business. And I started working on that like mad because I figured that was going to be my way out. And uh, I said, yeah, you know what, this job isn't working out anymore. And I'm going to go to Spain for a four day course that teaches uh, online trainers how to be better online trainers. And she was like, sorry, wait, is this April? Because this sounds like April Fools. You're you're telling me you're going to get on a plane to go see people you don't know to start a business that you have no experience in. Just like that. I'm like, mm-hmm, yep, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I, I put I put on my, you know, my my negotiator hat and uh, yeah, I sold it. And so that's that's when I officially started. I, I said, I'm going to go all in on this. And uh, yeah, I went to Spain, met a bunch of awesome people. The, the seminar was great. It was a gamble, right? But it was great. And so that's when I started picking up my first few clients um, you know, it was a handful and then it just it slowly built, but like any business, it's kind of rough. The first, first year was just brutal because, cause everybody knows who you are. And so when you change who you are 
professionally, especially because I was on Facebook posting stuff. I was I was like anonymous Joe on Facebook forever. I never even had my own picture. I was, you know, typical like lurker, wouldn't comment, just send a message here and there. Like when I was, I was an early adopter. So when I was single, I'd use it to like send like uh, Facebook messages to girls. I didn't use it for anything other than that. I had like one post from like 2008. And then all of a sudden, boom, I've got like, just I'm doing Facebook lives. I'm posting every day. People were just like, aren't you still teaching? What are you doing? And so who is this who guy? Is like this guy, <laughs> like, it's cool that you're doing this, but bro, like what's going on? I was like, I, you want to call a midlife crisis, uh, starting a business, whatever you want to call it. This is what I'm doing now. So, um, it takes a while for people to kind of come around and realize, Oh no, you're actually taking this seriously. Yeah. And it was actually my buddy who's a real estate agent who, um, he's in the forces too. And like when he started, uh, as a real estate agent, he's like, yeah, it's going to take over a year for people to realize like you're actually taking this seriously. And then they'll come around and be like, Oh yeah, like I'm the online trainer guy. So yeah, it's been what, a, uh, close to two years now yeah. that I've been in the game and it's, it's been a wild ride, um, so to speak. And it's it just been, it's just been getting better and better and better, but, um, you know, we can talk about business and like mindset and stuff like that. Uh, but essentially what it comes down to is just, you know, typical like infantry mentalities, like, you know, adapt and overcome and get her done. And th that, that, those two, I guess, guiding principles have just been able to just allow me to take one, you know, step closer to where I want to be every day. And that's, that's kind of been the enjoyable thing where I can create my own destiny. So yeah. So rough, to answer your question, roughly two years. So I love, I love that. So you got the two year answer, the, the short answer, and there's the podcaster answer, which is fantastic. I love that. Um, so, you know, you talked about that, the moment where you're just like, you know what, I'm going, there's, that's it. I'm going. And then it is the, uh, the will and the drive to say, no, this is this is it. This is what I'm doing. Regardless of how hard this is, regardless of what everybody is thinking or saying, this is what's happening. And you're right. It's a very infantry mentality where you're just like, no, this is this is I'm going this way. I don't care who's in my way. I'm taking this route. <laughs> you can stand in the way. You can get the fuck out of the way or you can come with me. That's it. And uh, it's such a great mentality, both, you know, mentally and physically at the same time, this just leads into uh, the topics that I wanted to talk about today anyway, was fitness, right? The only way you can drive that hard for that long, go through a, you know, a year of difficulty and huge transitions, completely changing into a new realm, going from, you know, very little social media interaction to con constant, continual social media interaction. That's a huge leap mentally physically because you're now actively doing it and you're on your phone constantly and i've had this conversation with lots of guys who say you know i built this following i have on social media because i spent six seven eight months just on their phone constantly commenting sharing liking doing everything they possibly can to try and build an audience and uh maybe you could talk a little bit about that that connection the physical and the mental fitness needed to to drive like that yeah yeah absolutely um so i guess i could start with just the 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 mind body connection uh, when you get into a state of or I, I shouldn't say you i should say when i get into a state of you want to call it flow you want to call it you know um thriving i immediately notice that i'm uh, my fatigue is non-existent 
there's a there's a certain level of energy that you can tap into when you're doing the right things and you know it can sound kind of you know like hairy fairy or whatever you want to call it or like esoteric but there 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 is this unlimited energy that i i i actually really believe in now because i was under the impression when i was teaching i was miserable so just put it that way like i i i, I was having a hard time accepting it i because i just thought well you know i have a, it's a good job it's a you know it pays well i got a pension um, the kids are great what do i have to complain about but I get up in the morning just dreading life, and I was just like, "What's the matter with me? Like, it, you know, like is is it is it stuff from tour? Is it you know my job? It, what is it exactly?" And yeah, there's just a, an incongruity. Like I couldn't I couldn't come to grips, I guess, with the fact that like I really didn't enjoy what I was doing, even though I convinced myself that this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. As soon as I made that switch, and as scary as it was. All of a sudden, I'm pulling like 14-hour days, 15-hour days, just getting up at five, working out, you know, before everybody's up, you know, putting in the hours, putting in the work, trying trying new things, um, you know, especially online. I, I didn't have a clue. Like, what, am I just going to post like it's anything? So what do I post? How do I measure it? What t- tools do I use? Am I just going to randomly like comment on people? So... Uh, you know, with my with my background of being a teacher, I got to a certain point. I was like, I need somebody to actually teach me what I need to do. And so, yeah, initially, I was like, and I I still am on on my phone quite a bit. Um, and early on in the game, it was nonstop. Like I was, you know, up early in the morning working on posting and creating content, and then it was like follow ups on my phone. And my wife's like, "You're never off your phone." This is weird because I wasn't a phone guy. My first phone. So to to, to give you some context. Like the iPhone came out in 2008, something like that. I had a cell, I had a flip, yeah, I had a flip phone in like 2005. That was my first phone. Um, and then after that, I didn't get a smartphone until I got back from tour. So that would have been in like 2012, 2013. I was like, nah, I don't need this. So, and on top of that, I, I just didn't grow up with it. So it, it wasn't ever something that I wanted to have. Like, I, I don't like, I didn't like being contacted all the time. I was like, you know what, like get, get, like get, get rid of this smartphone business. So as soon as I made that switch and I had like apps and everything like that, I, 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 I dove right in and I totally got addicted. Like I, I'm, I, I was totally addicted. Like I consumed the crack. Like I was just like mainlining it into my veins, going to bed with my phone. Like I couldn't get enough. So I had to make a, I had to make a decision. Like I, I, I can't, it's going to affect my health. And it's going to affect my relationship. So I just had to really structure my day a lot better. And initially that was hard, but uh, essentially, you know, I, I, I create like time windows and, and zones when I can actually uh, interact on my phone um, and work on my business because there's, there's, there's not enough hours in the day to get everything done. It's impossible. So as soon as you get over that mentality, it helps alleviate the the need to always be like, oh, do I do a reply? If I don't reply now, is it going to affect my business? Um, it's it's not. It, it really, if you're putting in the time, and I realize that it's going to it, it's the long game. So as long as you're playing the long game, you're not playing the short game. Things will eventually work out. And um, I was I just had a really good um, interview with uh, or a podcast with Hal Hughes, and uh, he's he had a really good term. It was like, uh, don't give up before the miracle happens. So. You know, I kind of adopted that early on. Like, there, there's, 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 there's something here. I'm not going to give up on it. And you know, even if I have to pull back, 
and do like a tactical withdrawal and then like regroup, like reorg and then like re-engage. That's what I'll do. And so that's helped me with the kind of the, the overuse of tech and being too absorbed in my phone. I, I just structure my days where I'm with my family. That's all I'm doing. And then like Saturdays, like my day of rest, I really put every all the tech away. We go to the park, we hang out, we do that kind of stuff. And then Sundays, I kind of I, I pick back up again. So that's, uh, I guess, my my way of dealing with it and my way of kind of uh, getting into the game. Um, going from zero to, you know, a hundred miles an hour within a day, really. Um, but then pulling back and being able to kind of, to mitigate it and just, you know, realize that this can't be all I do. I gotta, I gotta have a good balance between, you know, work and life. I tell my son this all the time and it's one of the greatest things I think I've ever come up with. I don't know if I came up with it, but I'm going with it. Uh, everything is hard until you do it enough times that it gets easy. And it is, absolutely true it uh I, I like i i the moment i came up i said it to him once when he was like three and he's having a meltdown because he couldn't do a somersault or something like that and i was just like it's hard yeah we just keep doing it we just keep doing it and then it it gets easy eventually and he stopped crying for a second he was just like okay <laughs> and, and he kept trying and he kept trying and eventually got a somersault done and he was happy with himself uh but it the once the concept crystallized in my head I was like, yes, that's that's exactly right. Because when I started, when we all started in the military, everything was hard. It like you wouldn't think memorizing a list of names would be that difficult. <laughs> it is when there's someone screaming at you saying, "Who's the sergeant major of the school at CFSME?" and you're like, "I have no clue. I just looked at it two seconds ago, and I have no idea." Um, or you know, folding a shirt four by eight. How hard is that? Right you have no idea until it's right there. But you do it over and you do it over and you do it over and you do it over. And then to the point that you can start remembering random stuff, like the fact that, uh, oh, geez, I'm going to test myself here. Uh, C7 was 740 to 900 rounds per minute. Oh, you're putting yourself on the spot. I don't even remember. <laughs> I'd have to Google that. Yeah. Anyway, everything <laughs> might have been 720. Anyway, I've been out since uh, 2013. And it's it's been a long time since I've shot these things. Anyway, the point I was trying to make was the fact that it's the crystallization of the ideal. And you say, this is it. And then, like you said, you change your schedule. And it and, and you hold to it. You say, no, this is it. This is what I need to do. And you all of a sudden you see a problem. Oh, I'm on my phone too much. Okay, I need to figure this out. How do I figure this out? Well, I'm in a vacuum in my own head. Why don't I ask somebody else? Right? This person must know. Let's ask him. And then be humble enough to actually learn, right? To not just sit there and go, yeah, yeah, I know how to use Facebook. Just tell me how to get the likes. You actually go, okay, how do I make this work for what it is I'm trying to make it work for? And I don't know. So tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Uh, and then as you said, you know, adapting, overcoming, you got to try. Flip to the board and keep going, right? Um, that that connection between the the crystallization in your mindset and then the body just flows because we see it in jujitsu all the time. People, new people start and they're like, wow, this is a lot of fun. And then they roll for a bit, you know, two, three weeks and they keep losing over and over and over again. <laughs> and we always give them the same advice. Wait until, or train until you actually tap someone out. Like you tapped him out. It wasn't just a fluke. You played a game. It worked out and he tapped. And then you see the miracle, as you said, like, it's just, it's like there, oh, 
I get it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it crystallizes, and then you just go head first, pound through, right? So it's not for everybody, but for myself, what I need is I need words. I need something that I can say to myself that connects the mind, the body. Like I said, everything is hard until you do it enough times that it gets easy, and it clicked. I was like, yes, makes sense. How do you connect those two? When you need to make a point heard in your own head, how do you bring those two together? Yeah, that's a good question, man. Um, Okay, so one of the mantras that I got from uh, Kelly Starrett, so he's, um, you know, just an awesome athletic therapist. Um, He wrote this up, a leopard, which kind of got me started doing what I do um, in the fitness space because he's just, he's on point and he managed to put together just a really good um, suite of like free videos on YouTube to like unfuck my back and my knee. So I haven't spoken to him. He, he says something that's really powerful, man. He says, you know, practice makes permanent. And, you know, we're always used to thinking like, oh, practice makes perfect. Right. And that doesn't, that doesn't sit with me. Like that doesn't resonate, but practice makes perfect. Uh, but, sorry, I just fucked it up. Practice makes permanent. Man, like as soon as he said that, I was like, man, it's true. Like, and, and so the the corollary to that is if you're, if you're doing something that's, that, that's putting you in like a, like a, like a vicious circle and you keep on practicing it over and over again, guess what? You're, you're, you're going to be either detraining yourself or, or making yourself a, um, you know, a, a, a little bit less effective, a little bit more suboptimal. So that's why if you, whatever you're practicing, if you're practicing in that virtuous circle, man, uh, it just, it, it cements that, that ability to, like you said, like, you know, make, make your bed, like without thinking and it becomes easy because it becomes permanent. And, and that's kind of where I want to get to. And so that replays in my head. You know, if I do this once, great, do it again, even better. Can you do it three times? Cool. And so I like being able to string things together. So I, I literally have like, um, so it's a piece of paper. Um, I have my clients do it too. It's just a habit tracker. And if I'm doing something like I don't want to check my phone, I get I use I, I either use that or um, you know I'll I'll, I'll figure out, figure out a way. But for my phone, is literally just a piece of paper. Um, and um, I also use the the, um, the Apple has their like time tracker app um, that I initiate to limit my social media time. And then it turns it into a game because I try to do less and less and less every day. Um, and then I like getting the reports like, hey, you, you used it 30% less this week. I'm like, yeah. Um, so I like to gamify things in that way too. So, But, but specifically for the phone, it, it's, it's easy enough because they give you the tools to be able to do it. But for anything else, it's really making that connection is, you know, practice makes permanent. And what do I want to make permanent? I want to have my good habits be permanent so that they're their second nature. I, I, as soon as you get to that point where your habit is permanent, it now takes that piece of your brain that has to use willpower to get it done and then shifts it to the side so you can actually incorporate more good stuff. Um, and then, you know, you put yourself into a virtuous cycle. So that's, that's, that's kind of how I um, make things happen on that front. And it's an ongoing battle, man. Like, you know, it's people that are like really like, high performers, high achievers, they basically don't let a habit of falling off the wagon happen. So, you know, you can miss a day at the gym or you can miss a, you can have a crappy day eating or whatever, like any habit that you set up, you can have a crappy day. That's you work a human, right? 
But as soon as you have two crappy days in a row, now you've started a habit. So it's the ability to bounce back after your one crappy day and realizing that's not the end of the world. When you start putting two, three bad days in a row, now you've started a habit that's probably putting you into a, a, another state that you shouldn't be in and you know deep down that you shouldn't be. So how do you get out of that? And that's that's where you know I, I, I focus a lot of my mindset on, on making sure that that's the case, that if I have a habit and I stick to it, if I fall off one day, I don't beat myself up for it, but I make sure that, okay, day two, I have a protocol, I get back on the horse and then I, I'm able to get back into into like my virtuous cycle again. Yeah, absolutely. That's such a uh, perfect way to say it. I like that virtuous cycle. I love that. Because, you know, um, <clears throat> there are a lot of ways you can get into a very and uh, just basically destroy everything around you. And it's, uh, yeah, it's it's painful to, to try and deal with for sure. The, uh, the thing that piqued my mind was, you know, when we learn anything, but especially we in the military, like, even in before the military in school, you have to repeat something over and over and over again, and it has to be done correctly. And I'm doing this with my son, right? He's practicing his writing, but sometimes he will write, he'll do his letters, but he'll come up from the bottom rather than down from the top. And it's such a simple thing, but we have to, we have to continually just know, okay, no, I saw that, erase it, start over again, do it correctly. And he always goes, oh, yeah, just why? It doesn't matter. And it's like, <laughs> it absolutely matters. Yes. Um, but in the military, it's hammered into us as well, right? You, If you do a crummy drill maneuver, there's an instructor with a knife hand in your face screaming at you about your knee not coming up to 90 degrees, right? And you're like, what the fuck? Who cares? It, it doesn't matter. It absolutely does. And one of the, the things I took with me I've, I've been a big fan of drill my whole life. Uh, I love it. Should have been in my it. unit, man. Oh, Grenadiers, yeah. man. That was, our, that was our jam every summer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I Well, what I loved about it was where it came from in that it was, that was how you actually fought. Like the Romans, when they created professional armies, they created drill. Well, I mean, the Macedonians did too, but I'm not, I'm not the, I love history, but I'm not very good at keeping those dates. In the, anyway. The uh, the reason that it was done was so that, as you said, it makes permanent. Practice makes permanent. It doesn't make it perfect. You're not going to be, not every person is going to be the best swordsman in the world. But every person can be a very effective swordsman when trained continually over and over and over and over and over and over. And so the thing for me, when I, whenever I was at my unit, uh, 1CR, we'd have new officers come in. And the first impression you have of that new officer is when he comes in on parade, walks up to the warrant or the sergeant major, right? And high fives them and then takes over the parade. And if their drill is just crap, that's my first reaction. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I can't, no, I can't do it. And when I was teaching, when I was teaching recruits, uh, OQ, like the basic officer qualification, the phase two, uh, I would work with them on drill constantly over and over and over and over and over again. And we... Uh, I saw them one day calling drill kind of half-assed, and it was like an attention, and everyone would do what they're supposed to do, and left turn, and they turn, and I was just like, no, no, this ain't happening. So on a Saturday, we, we went out and did a little extra training on command presence on a Saturday when they were time off, and I was like, no, we're not letting this stand. And so we went out to the parade square, and I made them yell at each other from the opposite end of the parade square. So I made him, whoever was the section commander would march the guys away, on the other side of the parade square, and I'd be like, now call your drills. And he'd have to move them around and do stuff, and they'd have to react to it. And uh, 
by the end of that course, man, their drill was tight. <laughs> it was nice. And uh, when you see something broken, right, you have a bad day or you have a, uh, you, like you said, you, you slip off the way a little bit, you slip off the path and you got to go, no, no, not doing that again. Get back in the cycle of it. And it can be hard. Like it, you might take four or five days. There's lots of times, especially when you're injured or uh, like I got a messed up back. I got knees are toast. My shoulders are toast. Crazy hearing issues, all kinds of stuff. Right. When I started training again, I immediately went to the the ego in the back of my head that was like, you were in the army. This will be no problem to lift. No. <laughs> and I hurt myself. Right. Yeah. I call it uh, your brain writing checks. Your body can't cash. Man. Absolutely. That's yeah. what it comes down to. It's uh, so. How do you over? How do you overcome that voice? Like for me, I had to subordinate my own ego of saying, "This will be nothing. Go for it." I had to go. Okay. Whoa. 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 <laughs> no. Start at zero. Next day, start at one, and work your way up. But how would you recommend someone, especially someone who's broken? How do they make those stages? Yeah. Um. That's another great question. Um. So, I guess I'll use my example because it's the one I know best and you know i i messed up my back i messed up my knee and i didn't take it seriously and it just basically led to me being an ineffective dad husband and employee i i couldn't go to work like i was stuck like i couldn't pick up my kid like i was just i was just miserable and my mindset was oh i'm the broken soldier so therefore that's who i am now so it it I didn't like it. I didn't. I didn't want to identify with it. So I took action um, as soon as it got to that point. And uh, but it could have easily gone the other way. And so my ego in that in that sense allowed me to go find help. But on the other side of that coin, my ego also made it very, I guess, um, very hard for me to start my training program with my coach that was literally stepping up on a box with no weight and doing it properly and like nope do it again nope do it again and it was just exactly what you said you're not you're not engaging your glute you're not pushing your knee out you're like there's all these things i'm like i'm just stepping up on a box dude like what else do you want me to do um, and so redefining i guess who i was um, like i wasn't broken i just needed a tune-up and but it took a long ass time to do that getting over it like ego is you know ego is the enemy um it, it, it can it can it can have its benefits right it can it can force you to get out of bed and be like i'm not being this guy anymore but it can also have that negative aspect like we're talking about where it can just it can keep you from doing the the simple things especially in a training context especially when you're used to you know, you know, being in the infantry and like kicking in doors and being 24 with, you know, not a yeah. care in the world and like playing with plastic explosives. Like, yeah. you know, we're alliance, you know, and when you're no longer that like alpha lion anymore and you got kids running around and you're like, okay, what, how this happened? Like, I don't remember this happening so fast. Where do you get, where do, where do you, where do you get your, I guess where do you where do you get that intensity from again, and where, and how do you how do you reconcile with the fact that you're no longer that guy anymore? Mm -hmm. You're a new guy. You can still be that proud lion, but you're a different proud lion. And I think that requires just a ton of introspection, uh, reading, 
talking to people that have been there. That's where I think our, like, you know, our community here and with podcasts, it, there's been a really, uh, like, really, there's been like an explosion of great Canadian content in just the, you know, last year, year and a half, because I've been paying attention because I'm in the podcast uh, sphere now. And, you know, there's Mark Meinke, there's you, there's Carl, there's, you know, there's just so many people in that, that space. And inevitably, we always talk about mindset. And I listen to a ton of them. And it's important to get those perspectives because if you don't get that perspective, you're always in your own head and your own head is can be a lonely, fucked up place with negative voices. And so, you know, figuring out what works for you, what messages work for you, what protocols work for you is a journey, man. And we don't do that. And I'm, I'm speaking in generalities here, but we don't do that when we're young and we don't, you know, do that while we're serving we don't really practice that and that's exactly what it is talk about practice practice makes permanent how often are you working on your mindset how often are you reading books that can help you with that how often are you seeking out people that can help you with it are you know are you surrounding yourself with the people with the mindset that you want and so those are probably the biggest takeaways is like if you want to change your ability to train and you know get to another level um and you know, be okay with the fact that we're all getting older and um, you, you, you may not be able to do exactly what you were able to do in the past. It, it requires you to, yeah, check that ego, do the basics, and then slowly build from there. But, you know, case in point, like I, I, I'm definitely in better shape than I was when I was in my 20s. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm pushing 40 now. I just turned 39. And I'm not trying to brag. It's just, it's taken a shit ton of work. Like I started... Four years, yeah. When my son, when my son was born, four years ago of nonstop, relentless work, and it's not like I'm shredded. I'm not trying out for like any kind of like body competitions. Like that's not what my goal has been. My goal has been: can I, you know, play with my son without worrying that my back is going to slip and then like I can't do anything and like I'm stuck at a park, like calling my wife to come pick us up. Um, you know, can I put him on my shoulders and carry him around? Uh, can I go run whenever I want? Can I go do some deadlifts? Can I just play sports? Like I just wanted it to be as simple as possible. And the answer is yes. And it's just because I've, I've taken, I've taken it seriously and I haven't re-injured myself since. So it's, it's, it all started with mindset and then putting in the work. And, and, and if, if you're, if you're willing to do that, if you can accept the fact that it's going to take a long ass time. And you know what, the, the, you know, the, the world's your oyster, man. The, the sky's the limit. You know, I, um, I got told this and I don't know where I heard it from, but, uh, it was that you were thinking in a vacuum, right? And I use this term quite a lot because it really resonates in my own head. I, I always picture a vacuum of like space or, um, like a giant vacuum chamber that NASA would do something like that, right? But it's always like astronomical. So I, I think to myself that if you're thinking in a vacuum, there's like whatever thoughts you have are just, I'm like watching them float off into space and like nothingness, right? So where are you drawing? What are you drawing from? How, how, what are, what is it filled with? Where are you going to actually grab stuff out of? And if you're just thinking within yourself, well, there's, there's really nothing there. <laughs> and as even as smart as you are, as uh, brilliant as you are or whatever, it doesn't matter because you're one person. And that uh, the ability to reach out and actually learn, <laughs> it is something that is very hard because we, you know, especially from the infantry or the engineers, the, you know, the combat arms in general, we have this mindset of like, I fucking know what I'm talking about. 
right? Because you have to. Right? <laughs> at right. at yeah. no point can I look at the infantry guy behind me. The road is pretty clear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll call it clear. You know? I give it a 70 30. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, what? Yeah, you know what? Go ahead. See what happens. <laughs> like, yeah, I can't, I can't do that. The guy asks if the road is clear. I go, yes, it is. Period. End of discussion. And uh, you, yeah, once you're out, or even when you get into a point where you need to relearn something or learn something new, uh, another quote I heard, I think I was listening to Jocko when I heard this, but um, I'm a big fan of his podcast because, man, you can learn a ton of stuff from him. You need to recognize that you're not starting from zero. You're actually starting from experience. And that, again, it resonated in my head. It kind of clicked, and I was just like, of course. Because I'm not the guy I was when, when I was 20, right? I, I'm not him anymore. I'm not the guy that was overseas shooting guys with machine guns because I thought it was awesome. Good. <laughs> because at my age, with my kids, with the stuff that I know, with the, the experience I have, a lot of the shit I've done was dumb. But I would never have learned that it was dumb had I not done it in the moment. Now I have the experience. I can understand. I can move on. I can actually learn from those experiences and utilize the tools that we brought from that into the next phase. And uh, the, the, the key thing that I, 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 can, I can do anything, right? It doesn't matter now because it's not, I'm not starting from zero. I'm starting from here and I'm just carrying on. And it was actually at that point I started jujitsu and I was like, I'm, you know, I've heard lots about this. I've been in martial arts most of my life. It make I've never really done any groundwork or grappling. Let's try it out. See how it works. And again, I had to start from scratch. Even though I had martial arts experience, even though I have lots of physical training experience, I went in there in the mindset of I'm starting from here. What do we got? And just like clean slate hit me. <laughs> and uh man, I I excelled so much more because I was just an open book of whatever you want me to do, I will do it. And I remembered that when I was in basic, when I was doing my, uh, my threes training, the guys always thought I was a keener because I was that guy. I was like blank slate hit me, right? Whatever you got, I will do it. You want me to do pushups and wearing a gas mask, doing leopard crawls out in the sun in the summertime in Gagetown. Cool. Let's do it. It sucked, but you just, you know, you're whatever. Um, and uh, I think what was really great about that was the fact that I was, you would see results very quickly, right? Like if you're a completely open book and you're like, yeah, okay, cool. You will see results very quickly. The problem is when you are, um, you are not giving yourself the right self-talk. You're not giving, you're not surrounding yourself with the right people. And then you try something new and it fails, or it uh, doesn't turn out the way you want it to, or you you fall off the path again, and you just fall back into your ways, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it wasn't until I actually talked to my, I looked, I heard again on Jocko, I heard it was like, you have to pay attention to what you're telling yourself. And I was like, okay. So I actually took, you know, a day and a half, and I every time I said something horrible about myself, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. 
I don't need to talk like that. And it would be the same as if I was teaching my son, right? I would not allow my son to talk to anybody the way I talk to myself. Because, no. I, I am rude. But, you know, uh, you have to get out of that mindset. You have to take your... Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to start, as you said, looking introspectively. Um, but the the biggest hurdle is not seeing results right away. Because either you haven't, there's a, piece, there's a piece of the puzzle not missing or not there, or, uh, you know, you've surrounded yourself with people that aren't effective in what you want to do. How do you get over those hurdles? Yeah. Um, well, Jocko is a huge yeah. help yeah. for me. Uh, so, my, so to give you an idea of how I get myself ready for the day, uh, you know, I would, Say this is about eighty percent of eighty uh, percent of the time. I'm doing this specific morning routine. Early on, it was every day because I was in a bad place, man. Like you know, the you know, regardless of how we want to you know talk about our society as being more progressive and you know, women and men they do the same thing. It's fucking horseshit, man. It's still expected for the man to go out and make freaking money and make sure there's food on the table and make sure that we're the providers. Now, my wife works, man. She's got a great job. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that I felt like a piece of human garbage because I'm starting a business. I'm not making much money. I left a career that was pretty good. I'm, you know, I'm figuring it out. But in the meantime, I'm, I'm hurting. Like I'm hurting real bad. You know, it's hard talking to my friends. There's a lot of shame involved with it. So you can imagine what's going on in my head. It's like, you're a loser. Why did you do this? You're never going to succeed. Nobody ever succeeds in this. And then it's like, oh, yeah. it's like, okay. <sighs> okay, so what do I have to do? So I just came up, like, I remember, um, yeah, well, I, I went for a run. And this was like during the really chaotic period where, you know, I'm losing my my tech job and I'm like basically unemployed. I went for just a long run. And I was just like, you know, let's go 14 clicks. Like, let's just go. And I was just like, in my head, my head was just like spinning. And basically, uh, from Jocko's kind of, you know, influence, you know, create the protocol. So I was like, okay, what's the protocol going to look like? And um, I wrote it down. And essentially, it's, uh, you know, early morning rise. And then I would put on, I have this one motivational video from Jocko. And it's just a few of his clips in for about 12 minutes. And it's about, you know, staying on the path you know, get out of your head, um, you know, uh, take action. And, you know, you know, discipline is hard. And that's why it, you know, it's just fucking hard. Like, how do you how do you do, you know, what you got to do, you got to just take the next step, you know, don't, don't put it off till tomorrow, if you're going to put off anything to tomorrow, it's procrastinating. So I just keep on going. Um, and so that was huge. And I would, all your excuses are lies. Yeah. All your excuses are lies, man. I, that's, that's literally playing in a loop in my head. All your excuses are lies. And man, talk about a guy that's got the ability to talk directly to your soul. It's like, it's like a knife hand. Like it's like Indiana Jones style. It's like, it's in there. And so when I started listening to him, I was like, okay, I got to listen to this guy every day. And I literally do. Um, and it helps because it, now it's like, it's kind of like a mantra, right? It, 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 it starts the process. And I, I do kind of like a yoga flow. And then I do some breath work. 
Um, and that takes me about 20 minutes. You know, I do some push-ups, some sit-ups, nothing crazy, but it's like, okay, this is initiating my day. I'm also taking care of my back long-term so I don't have these flare-ups and I'm not NS for like a week at a time. Therefore, I can be a better dad. I can be a better entrepreneur. I'm like, okay, this is good because it sets me up well. I feel good at the end of the day. Then I hit a like a nice espresso after and then I hit the shower and I blast myself with some cold water. And it's just like, and there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's something that we miss when we leave the military and that's the formality of our days, right? Um, like when you are, you know, either battalion life or you're deployed, there's a certain structure to basically every day. Like, sure, there's a lot of chaos that happens too, but overall, it's usually very structured. You do the same thing over and over and over again. You may not even realize it, but the way you tie your boots, the way you put your gear on, everything, it's all structured. But as soon as you're out, you don't have that structure. You got to build that structure. Nobody's telling you or imposing a structure on you. So I didn't have that until two years ago. I was kind of all over the place. And I was just like, yeah, whatever. And so once I developed that structure, I was able to now start working on, okay, how do I, how do I change what's up going on in my, like, my brain box so that I'm actually not killing myself just because I, I, I have negative self-talk. And, um, well, definitely seeing my therapist help. Like, like the mind mechanics, as uh, Jocko uh, put it, and like being able to talk to somebody who's like crazy intelligent that when you talk to them, you realize you're not a nutcase. Yep. It's just, yep. you're just a human being. You're just going through human shit. And you're just so, un- you're so unused to talking about what's going on inside that it feels like you're crazy. But for a lot of other people, it's, it's, they don't feel crazy. It's just like, oh, I've got like an emotional issue right now. I can, I'm pretty sure I have the tools to deal with it, but I just didn't, didn't have the tools to deal with it. So, um, you know, I, I did, you know, uh, the, the Veteran Transition Network course, which was freaking amazing. Um, really got to learn about myself a lot more. And that's, that's kind of when I, I, the, the mind started to, to shift to the positive and to, you know, whenever I get those kind of days and like last week was a rough week. Not gonna lie, I like they they start creeping in. Like, you know, sales aren't going well. You know, I'm, I'm not I'm I'm not hitting my objectives like I want to. And so then I start saying like, well, why am I still doing this? Like, is this is this sustainable? Am I even going to be able to like make it past you know December? And it's just it's it it comes in waves. And then I just I I realize it's coming now. And then it's like okay protocol time, double down on it, make sure that you're good. And, uh, you know, training and the morning routine and all that come into play, talking to my therapist, making sure I'm good with my wife. These are all things now that I just realize I need to reset. Oh, and one thing too, I gotta, yeah, sleep, like sleep. I, I, I can't, I can't, I, I, I harp on that enough. It always coincides with some, a few days of shitty sleep. And it's not a coincidence. And I've noticed that. So like the negative self-talk, those demons, if you're like missing a few hours like, in a week, if you take note of it, you may notice like, hey, that's when I start having these like really negative thoughts going through my head. It's no coincidence, man. Your your brain's just starving for recuperation. And so it's it's putting everything into a chaotic state. You need to calm that shit down, get some rest make sure it's good rest. And then you can start getting back into like homeostasis as I call it. So that's, that's kind of the process. It might be a bit long winded, but effectively, you know, you got to figure out your own, your own way. But like you said, surrounding yourself with the right people and then learning from other people that have been in the experience themselves 
is probably like if you're going to start that that's it like reach out to your bros listen to a podcast send them an email like we we can't stay in our silos that's what's been hurting us for so many years just yep. get out talk and like we'll you'll figure it out you know this is it's it's so perfect just leading into exactly what i was thinking of yeah um when i was in one cr right near the end when i came back from uh, overseas in 08 uh in october of 08 uh it was painful like being in regiment from right after tour up until i got posted to me for was almost four years and i re-signed a contract like the three-year extension because i was told i was going overseas again and i was like all right yeah that makes sense okay cool let's do it and then i got taken off tour and i have a very hard time breaking a contract like it goes against everything that i've ever been if i sign a contract i'm going to fulfill my contract uh so i was like well i guess i'm here so and it looked like every day began to suck and then the next day sucked more and the next day sucked more <laughs> and then and i was trying to figure it out like i i was getting like bitter and i wasn't getting any courses and i wasn't getting any leadership opportunities you know i've talked about this a couple times but i was the the horribly bitter corporal that hated everything about the army and then I realized it makes the unit look horrible. No one wants to send you anywhere. Like they're not going to send you on a jump course because you're fucking angry at everything and don't and hate life. No, it's not going to happen. Regardless of how fit you are, it doesn't matter, right? You're not going. Uh, and I realized that afterwards. This is long after, but I get it now. When uh, oh, and the, you know politics within the unit and the all the shit that goes on within a, a major unit is just it's brutal. There's lots of uh, bad stuff happening. Anyway, I got to Meaford. There were nine engineers on base total. There were three master corporals. I was one of them. One of them had his six A's was going to be promoted sergeant. One of them didn't have his uh, PLQ. I did. So I ranked. There was no politics because we all had jobs to do. And all of a sudden, and everybody there was, was in the same boat. Like they needed time the unit we're all just very chill and very relaxed and everyone was just there to teach and cool <laughs> like it was just everything was cool um and i had a buddy there who we did uh oh i like i did all my training with him and went overseas with him and uh really like my brother he was there and he was met him. so we went to the gym and then we came back and we taught a class and then we went for lunch and that, uh, but it became so structured after that. Initially, when I got there, they told me my first timing was nine thirty ish, and I was like, "Sorry, say that again." Like nine thirty, what? Like nine thirty-five, right? Nine ish. <laughs> so like, so like nine thirty, right? That's like, and they're like, "It's whatever, just sometime before 10. And I'm like, "It's like it does not compute." Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't like, I, no, like my brain was exploding. Uh, but then I realized that it was because they expected me to do my own PT in the morning, shower and stork with no, like, you don't need to be there at seven to be, to be standing outside for seven, five, to have the sergeant come out at seven, 10 to talk to you guys, but wait until seven fifteen when the warrant shows up. And then finally you go on PT for seven to like it. You don't need to do that. <laughs> but they just expect you to show up to work. Fuck. And then I started, and some of the guys I was working with were like, oh yeah, man, you know, uh, 
we'll send you on this course. We'll send you. I got my basic mountain ops course while I was there. I was like, fuck, cool. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll climb mountains for four or five days. All right. Uh, I became the base CMD operator where I was just blowing shit up every day. Solid. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. I am down. And I, I realized that all the people around me just wanted the best for what was for me, for what was going on, because I was bringing it to the team. And I, I was there that I realized that when I was at 1CR, there was that constant competition, right? You have to be better than the next guy so that there's no, you're not thinking like a team. You're thinking that I need to be ranked higher so that I can get this course so that I can do this, so that I can blah, 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 blah. And you're just surrounded by this n- constant negativity and this, uh, and I mean, a lot of guys got out between and. Afghanistan, they came back for, and they were like, "This is bullshit. No, not doing this." And they would leave, and we lost so much talent, mm. and we lost so much experience out the door because of all the petty bullshit that was going on. And uh, it was that, it was that realization. It was the, oh my god, the people around me affect me so much, and that, and it was at that point where I was realizing that it wasn't just the regiment why I was so angry all the time. It wasn't that I was in a bitter spot and people were angry. It was the fact that I wasn't sleeping. Uh, I was getting two to three hours sleep a night and then, and like broken up, not through the night. Uh, I'd wake up and I'd be all fucked up and I'd, you know, have two fucking coffee, put some chew in my lip and be like, all right, let's go fucking teach some troops. And then I'd get there and I'd, I'd work and it felt better to work. It felt good to work. And then at the end of the night, you'd be so fucking jacked up. And then I, you know, again, you'd be, wouldn't get to sleep. I'd have to drink lots. Of, I'd, I'd be drinking lots of booze. <laughs> it was not good. Mm-hmm. But I, but I saw it. Hey, you're riding, you're riding, you're riding the roller coaster at that point. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but I, it was, I gave me the ability to see it because I was surrounded by people that were wanting me to be better. Because they would push me, right? They, oh yeah, we'll put, set you on this course. You know what you should do? You should be the section commander for this little area. Like they wanted me on the next level. They wanted. They kept pushing me. They wanted me. Started realizing, like, well, I'm not going out with them for beers on certain nights because I'm angry, so I just stay in my own room, or I'm so exhausted that I'm out for eight, 18 hours because my body just needed the rest. <laughs> it, 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 like I said, it enabled me to see the problem and then i started talking to my wife and she was like well maybe you should go talk to a doctor and i was like okay well sure i mean that makes sense <laughs> if i'm not sleeping i should talk to a doctor uh and then i got my diagnosis of post-traumatic stress because i had moved to an area where i wasn't just angry at being there and being surrounded by the anger and the bitterness that was there i moved to an area that was beneficial and people wanted the betterment of me yeah and you could disassociate yourself right yeah and uh the question I was going to ask you is that once you see the problem, right, you see what the issue is, how do you put your mindset on the future of that, of like the mental fitness, physical fitness, you know, um, spiritual fitness, right? Like if there's, there's points where you are, you're injured, you recognize that you're injured, where do you go from there? Right. Um, okay. So if we just take the, 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 the example of somebody who's injured um, nine out of 10 times you're going to have this idea of yourself. And I mentioned earlier that you're broken. 
right? Because it's it's a term that we use all the time, right? You might have a twisted ankle. Ah, you're broken. You know, it's like, broken, yeah. or you have, you know, or you have, you know, sciatic, whatever number of issues. We use broken very commonly in our culture, right? Like, and so what it does though, is that it, you identify with this brokenness. And, um, you know, I've had some great conversations with, you know, athletic therapists and, 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 you know, over, overall, like the first step is like getting over that, that, that idea that you are broken. If you can accept the fact that you're not broken, yeah, you're injured, but injuries are manageable. Broken, you know, it's like shattering a piece of glass. It's like, you can't put all the pieces back together. So your mindset is already telling you, dude, there's no point, give up. Like you're not going to be able to do anything about it. And that's where I was as well. So an important uh, point is to, you know, really set the, set the tone. Like, okay, how do you want to see yourself in like three months? How do you want to see yourself in six months, one year, two years? Um, because if it's status quo, well, then you haven't got to that point where you can actually make a change because until you visualize it, it's very hard to actually action it. And visualization is probably the single most powerful tool that we have at our, you know, at, at our beck and call. If we visualize something shitty, odds are that's going to be what's going to happen. If you visualize something positive and you do it repeatedly, odds are it's going to manifest itself. And it, it sounds again, like, oh, what's this like, like stuff from like, you know, Zen yoga warriors or well, kind of, yeah, but we do we do have this ability to visualize and execute. And, you know, case in point, um, you know, uh, visualizing and execute was like Michael Jordan, right? Before every game, and I remember this when I was a kid because I was a huge Michael Jordan fan. Uh, I rarely get to watch a game because we didn't have the internet, right? So, and I had just basic cable. So, like NBC would have a game on and it would usually be the Bulls. And I'd be like, yes. So... I learned like from his interviews and stuff that, and like sports illustrated that he would literally visualize an entire game before going out and playing and like not even with no ball, not, he would just like visualize taking shots, making passes, taking free throws. And that was part of his routine. I'm like, well, if he's the best basketball player ever, and he does that, there must be something to it. And so I, I kind of put that in a box for like 15, 20 years <laughs> I then came back to it later, uh, more recently, and it's 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 true. Like he, like what he, he was doing was just what most successful people do. And I know it sounds relatively simple, but it, it it actually takes some practice. And that's what I do with my my clients when we we initially get on board. It's like, well, how do you see yourself in three? My most can't answer it because it, they, they haven't practiced. It's like I don't know. I want to be stronger. Like no, no, no. But like. How do you actually see yourself? Like, how do you feel? Like, if you, let's say, you know, crush your phase three or you, you, you pass combat diver selection or how does that make you actually feel? And until you feel it, you're not actually going to be really 100% committed. And then you try, you try and dig for that gold. And if you can do that, you know, at home and be like, look, I want to lose 30 pounds because I want to look good. I want my wife to think I look good. I want to, you know, have a lot more sex. I want to feel like a freaking lion again. And I want to be able to use that so that I can be like a better human being in my community and do more good. Oh, oh shit. Like now you've just like unpacked this whole wealth of freaking like awesomeness. 
just from losing weight. That's what we try to get to. Like, you know, just losing weight and getting strong or they're all ideas, but there's no feeling attached to them. And if you can visualize and feel in the future how that's going to be for you, that's where the power is. And then you'll be able to execute. And, and, and you know, we talked about like falling off the wagon um, for a day or and at most two. It'll make it harder actually for you to stay off the wagon and not follow through because you've already visualized like, I want to feel that good in like three months, in six months, in a year. Okay, so then why am I not doing what is going to make me feel good? You just play like the, these mind tricks on yourself in a positive way and it has really huge payoffs in the end and it's just it's amazing what we're able to do just through the visualization point so that's kind of an important aspect of just setting things out visualizing and then putting pen to paper um you know things that you're you you're not going to accept anymore uh your 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 actual goal that's measurable and and then you know who are you going to share that with you know you share with me i'm like i'm your coach like I expect you to do that, but who else are you going to share that with? Cause you know, we have a confidential kind of relationship going on, but are you going to share it with the world? Some people are like, dude, I'm posting on Facebook. I don't give a shit. It's like, awesome. Wicked. You have a thousand people like holding you to task or, you know, share with like your best friend or share it with your wife or anybody that can be, you know, there to support you and, and just make you feel that, you know, they give a shit and that they're going to hold you accountable. And it's not just your coach who you're expecting to hold you accountable, but somebody else that you see a lot more, man, there's, there's nothing more powerful than that. And, and, you know, that's, that, that's basically the name of the game. Um, when it comes down to it is, you know, visualizing, writing down your goals and then having somebody hold you accountable to them, yeah. you know, sky's that's, the limit after that. That's fantastic. It, uh, I, the, the best thing I love about that is the feeling the feeling of like wanting to change or the feeling of being ready or because uh, <clears throat> I remember the day that I decided I was going to join the army and like it was, I remember the day and it was a very big deciding factor because it was in 2003. We were at war in Afghanistan. We were looking at, uh, people were already being, we already had casualties. Like it was where I, I knew exactly what I was getting into. And it was actually my brother. I was on the phone with him. He was in Korea at the time and I had just lost another really crappy job. I can't remember which one it was. So it was just another shitty job. And, uh, my brother was like, why don't you just join the army? You've been talking about it since you were like six. Why aren't you doing it like now? And I was like, oh, why aren't, why am I not doing it right now? I, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll talk to you later. I hung up the phone and I went downtown that instant to the recruiting station, filled out the paperwork. I'm like, let's do this. And I thought I was actually going to get on the bus. Like they were just going to take me. <laughs> yeah, we, like, all right, let's we, go. All, we all do, right? We all think it's like from the movies, right? It's have... like, all right, shave your head. You're on the bus. It's like, oh, that's, oh, it took yeah. like seven months. You know, I was like, yeah. oh, it's kind of anticlimactic. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. I got, um, you know, one of the issues I had was uh, I'd done some, some mushrooms and I wrote on the, the substance use form that uh, the last time I did like a year and a half ago, because I remember when the last time I'd done them and I was just like, whatever. A year and a half seems like a good time frame. And they came back and they were like, no, three years minimum from uh, any psychedelic drugs. And I was like, uh, 
Ouch. But I I was so invested in it. I was like, okay, I'll be back in 18 months. And what it actually gave me was time to train. So I started running every day. I started rucking. I'd like I'd fill my backpack with a bunch of shit and I'd start rucking down the street. Up until the point that I was able to do the BFT, no problem with whatever weight you wanted to throw in there. Um, I was able to run no problem. I was able to do the push. Like it, it gave me the ability to train. And to the day, 18 months later, I walked in and it was like, here's my application. And they had no idea who I was because it was a different group. <laughs> but I knew, right? I knew. And, uh, but it, you know, you, there's a, there's a, there's a feeling that goes with that. Like you're, you've decided. Yes. And I liken it to when we got back from overseas, when your rifle wasn't beside you, like the feeling of not doing what it is you're supposed to be doing is so against the grain. It just, it messes with your brain for wants to do something like pick up your rifle. Cause it should be right there and you're freaking out and you want that habit. You want the good habits to feel like that. When you fall off the train, you should, you should go, Oh fuck. And just like everything in you is just, damn it, <laughs> you just hate that feeling. But it takes a very long time to get that used to something. And even when it's hard, like you said, when it's challenging, you have to want it. You have to make that decision in your head. Want it enough to get to that feeling. And for me, at least, that was the big one where I was like, I should have a I should have a rifle beside me. I don't know why I don't have a rifle beside me. That really started bugging me to want to get my own firearms license. And then I got my firearms license. I don't have a rifle beside me right now. I'm just <laughs> but I'd always wanted my license. I just had never done it. But it was the feeling of wanting to have one that made me do it because I don't like this feeling. I'm going to go get my license. And that led me into shooting, which I are like shooting mm-hmm. Uh, long range which got me into back into hunting from when I was a kid, which got me like it brought back so many things from the military that I really enjoyed, but I was able to take that piece and go, you know what? I can go to the range and shoot myself. I don't need to have a C7. I can have my own rifles and do whatever I want with it. Um, a dichotomy as Jocko always says, right? You have to, you have to want the feeling so, or you have to want something so bad that you're willing to take anything for it to get to a point that you will avoid a feeling <laughs> because you've done it so often. And it's, uh, it's a, it's a hard place to get to once you're there. It's a great feeling because it's just normal. It's actually very much like we, when we were overseas, right? You get to a point where Afghanistan is so normal. You come back here and here is different. This, this place doesn't make any sense anymore. You have to be willing to go through it to get there. I guess is what I'm saying in a very long, drawn out, podcasty kind of way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been rolling for a little bit over an hour here, and uh, I I cannot thank you enough. This has been an absolutely fantastic conversation. <laughs> I'm really excited to put this out here. Do you have any uh, final comments? Anything last minute that you want to say? Uh, but yeah, to be honest, like um, it's really cool. You know, when, you know, we're chatting and, you know, I've 
been on a, a bunch of different podcasts too, um, you know, with Carl and a bunch of the other guys are like, we're in that space and we're talking about, you know, just how many calf veterans have podcasts right now. And um, we all, it, it's amazing. Like, it doesn't matter if you're from like the West Coast Army or, you know, the Quebec Army or the RCR, we have this unifying set of experiences that allow us to, um, you know, share common experiences that happen but also we all had unique experiences at the same time um and so like just sitting down and chatting with you like they're like basically it feels like hey man man, i've known you for years bro like but you know realistically that's not the case um so at least for me you know being able to sit and, and and chat with you um it 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 helps with you know you want to call it transition or reintegration like i've been out for four years um, but it always, uh, is a pleasure to sit down, you know, with a fellow veteran, shoot the shit like we're talking right now talk a little bit about what we're doing. Um, and, you know, hopefully have that impact, right. Where you can have, you know, one or two or, you know, however many individuals that listen, I'm like, man, thanks for talking about that, man. Like it was bugging me. Like it was cool. Like, and, and you know, if we weren't doing this right now, you know, I think we'd be doing a disservice to be honest. Like there's so many of us that have so much experience that have the ability to, to affect so many lives. And, you know, um, you know, you're taking the, the risk and, and, you know, putting your thoughts out there into the universe. And you, I got to commend you for that, man, because you got a great podcast and it's been a real honor being on. So thanks again, oh, man. I really appreciate you. it. I, I, I learn every time I have conversation with these guys. And like you said, every time we start talking and it's just, it's like, I can't even describe it. You meet someone and you, you chewed the same dirt. Didn't matter if it was the same tour or the same, uh, same unit or the same trade. It just, we are, we're all brothers, right? We're all brothers and sisters. And it's so easy to just immediately connect with the person, but at the same time, be able to really draw off the experience and really just learn. Like you said, you have a unique experience with lots of commonality. Um, it's just, it's fantastic. Um, if anybody wanted to follow you or see what you do or uh, get personally trained by you, how would they do that? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's really simple. Uh, infantry, simple. Uh, Dave Morrow. Dot net and it's uh moro is spelled m-o-r-r-o-w um so you could head there um find you know my hard to kill blog and podcast they're all there and uh, you can also head to facebook so if you go to uh, dave moro pt that's uh my business page and uh for any members of you know the uh, the calf community or um, anybody in the law enforcement community um, you can join my facebook group and uh, it's all about fitness health and mindset and like we're discussing here and we share ideas and uh, different workouts and um, you know how to stay fit uh, long term and make sure that we put a bunch of tools in that toolbox so um, that would be the hard to kill training programs facebook group but if you're looking for it and you can't find it just uh uh, feel free to drop me a message on uh, any of the platforms I got. Uh, Instagram, I don't know my handles, man, on so many of them. But if you type in Dave Morrow, <laughs> odds are you'll probably find me. So that'll probably be the, the easiest way, or just head to my website, and that'll yeah. uh, that'll give all the links for you. That's that's fantastic. I uh, 
I'm, I'm actually part of that Facebook group, and it is so many really positive people just wanting to learn from each other. It is a great community that you have on that uh, that group there. It is fantastic. That concludes this episode of The Toolbox. I want to thank you for listening. I hope you were able to use some of the information that was offered. I want to thank all those putting it on the line for us every day. Military, veterans, first responders, and public servants. Keep up the good work. I look forward to bringing you more tools for your toolbox. And until next time, stay open, stay humble, and stay focused. Chimo.